He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. The moon is one of the most fascinating objects in nature. In my private group, we even meet on the new and full moons to tap into that mysterious energy. But did you know that there's a lot that you can learn about the moon that can help you understand yourself? Yeah. In today's podcast, Cassandra Deanne starts to delve into that mysterious goodness of the moon. And if you enjoy our content, please like, share, and comment to let us know what resonates with you so that we can continue to bring you what you enjoy. I appreciate you guys. Now let's talk to Cassandra Deanne from the Things I Talk About podcast. So I'm here with Cassandra Deanne. And Cassandra does Hellenic astrology in conjunction with her work in human design. And I would love to know, Cassandra, how did you get started with astrology? Oh, that's a really good question. So I actually didn't didn't really expect to get into astrology. I had a spontaneous spiritual awakening, which prior to that, I grew up in a very restrictive fundamentalist Christianity background. So really entertaining such things was not something that I, you know, I didn't have any access to. Um, But I actually had a spiritual awakening during a solar eclipse, which was in a predominant portion in my chart. And it's hard to describe, but it was this feeling of overnight, um, just like all of this intuitive realization and knowing just kind of came to the surface. And so I instantly felt like I understood things about astrology that I hadn't trained or, you know, knew anything about beforehand. So it was really, it was really unusual. Um, I can remember, I can remember looking at my natal chart after my awakening experience and, just being, the first reaction was crying to my husband because I thought, oh my gosh, this is like the recipe of my life thus far. And how, uh, why didn't I know this sooner? But I believe that everything happens in divine timing. And so that was kind of where I got started into astrology. And I've been studying it for a few years now ever since. So yeah. That's awesome. Very unusual. So yeah. To, um, focus on the moon, and you know our our relationship with the moon. So I facilitate moon circles because I believe that it helps women to get in touch with their femininity, and be a part of the sisterhood of women. And how does the moon impact women in particular, versus uh, men? 
Okay, that's a good question. So I I love that. Um, and yeah, I love that you do moon circles. That's so cool. Um, I think that it's wonderful to understand where the moon is and apply that in our day-to-day life and, you know, how we're going about things. But so the moon and how it relates to women and, you know, versus men, when we're looking at the moon, generally speaking in astrology, we are looking at, um, you know, the moon, if you were to ask, you know, a typical astrologer, they're going to say the moon represents the feminine. It's going to be a lot of focus on emotion um, and your sense of safety. When I look at it, I feel like the moon has a bigger role than just looking at it through the lens of emotion. I look at it as it's our balance of the yin and the yang expression. So it is, I feel like, has more of a uh, predominant role than just considering, oh, this is how I express my emotions. So the moon is definitely connected to the the yin, the feminine, our, you know, our emotions, yes, our intuition and our um, sense of where we feel safe or secure. It has a lot to do with nurturing. And I think that learning where your moon is located in your chart really, regardless whether male or female, however you identify, um, that there's a lot of wisdom there because as a whole, I believe we're in this time where we're being called to understand that feminine expression more and embody and embrace that. And this also is associated with, you know, um, the cycle of life that as women that we go through and you can even kind of look at where you are, you know, and that sort of thing and how that influences the time in life that you are presently. Um, so I think regardless that it's definitely a a good thing to understand and kind of untap, unleash our our inner wisdom, intuition, and, you know, in that sense. So how would knowing uh, what my, my, the position of the moon in the sky at the time that I was born, how, how is that different for me than from you or for anybody? Oh, it's so different. Yeah. That's what's so beautiful is we all just have our own unique expressions of that. And so what you do when you pull your natal chart to find this information, which all you need, if anybody listening is interested, you'll need your date of birth, your exact time of birth and location of birth. This is going to pull your natal chart. And within the natal chart, we all have all 12 of the zodiac signs. And there are also 12 houses in your natal chart. So depending on the sign and the house that your moon is, is going to give you your own unique expression of the moon. And since the moon has a very predominant role 
Um, if you are someone who follows astrology, you may have heard of the big three, which is your sun, moon, and rising. So these are, if you learn nothing else, those are three key areas you want to look at. So if you were to look at your moon, you want to see the sign and the house it's in. So I'll give you an example for myself. So I have my moon is in Capricorn and it is in my third house. So what does this mean? Basically, it means Capricorn. Um, you know, we look at things as usually this is a very masculine um, energy. It's so the so it's kind of the moon normally in astrology is ruled by Cancer, and the opposite side of that is Capricorn. So you can kind of see here the the flipped dynamic there. And so normally Capricorn is a lot about things being steady, steady, structured. They're ambitious. They want to get ahead. And, you know, they also can be nurturing as well. So when I have started on this journey, because we all evolve and grow the more we understand ourselves, my moon in Capricorn has been an expression of I tend to hold my feelings, you know, because we got to look like we got it together. That's Capricorn, you know, so it's like I would hold in my expressions. I would suppress my intuition with the mind, you know. I it, It's an energy that wasn't they wanted, you know, it wanted to know the facts, not necessarily what the intuition said. And then when you consider the third house, the third house is a lot about communication. And it's, you know, early um, education as well, things along this lines. And so, you know, I did not express myself. As a matter of fact, I pretty much repressed a lot of my feelings altogether um, for uh, uh, quite a while in my, you know, hence the spontaneous spiritual awakening, <laughs> which I, you know, I look at as the universe was finally like, okay, we need to get things moving. So we need to start dealing with this, you know, um, information that you're suppressing. Now, the positive end of this for me has been um, because it's in my third house. Now that I've embraced and embodied and got in touch with the moon and that feminine expression, I have fairly quick access to my intuition, especially when it comes to communication and and letting that flow through my uh, throat chakra. So yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, and and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, is that everybody has an energy um, flow. Yes. And that energy flow can either inhibit your growth or accelerate your growth, depending upon how you're accessing it. Exactly. Yes. Everything in astrology is going to have that polarity of the shadow expression and the gift potential. Um, so we all have the ability to tap into those positive qualities and attributes, but often, uh, sometimes for some of us, the journey to get there requires going through the adventure, going through the journey to learn the lessons and come out on the other side, which was absolutely the case in, in my life experience. So what would you say to somebody who looks at their chart and, and it, they, they're like, oh, God, this is a horrible chart. Um, I've just been born under an unlucky star, you know, that kind of thing. 
Oh, that breaks my heart. That always breaks my heart whenever I see that. Unfortunately, I feel like anytime we're looking at systems, which astrology, human design, numerology, anytime we're looking at systems, it's, it's, I find it helpful to understand that at the end of the day, this is a system, but what is that system trying to do? It's trying to bring us to self. It's trying to unlock our fullest potential. So there are people out there that will look at this in a dogmatic perspective, you know, and say, oh, this, like you said, this is what I am, you know, it's just what it is. But I don't see it that way at all because like we talked about prior to this, there's that polarity, there's that journey. And so I personally feel like, especially because I have quite a few challenging, you know, as astrologers would say, challenging aspects in my chart, that to me just says that my soul incarnated into this experience because it knew it was capable of going through these challenging circumstances because I was meant to unlock that strength, that gift, that potential on the other side of it. So I would say if you pull up your chart and you see something that feels initially icky to you, give yourself a pat on the back and, you know, start saying more positive things to you, yourself because you are meant to embody and embrace something truly magical. I agree. So I have a very uh, positive chart and I don't necessarily think that that's a blessing because if if your life is too cushy and you have no challenges, then there's no mountain to climb and you may yeah. just do nothing. You know, you could yeah. sit on the couch your whole life. And I don't think that's the way most of us want to live. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely resonate with what you're saying. And I think that, you know, it's always interesting in those cases to, I would say, really embody those gifts that you do have and just milk them for everything that they have. Um, so, and I, I agree. I absolutely feel like we all want that sense of challenge of some sort, that that's human nature. One thing that I found interesting that I believe someone said once was that sometimes when we look at our interactions with others, and especially we have to be mindful around themes of judgment, you know, and things like that. They said that you, it's a misconception that we summarize an individual by this one lifetime. And that as a soul, we have each had multiple numerous lifetimes. And sometimes like my husband, for example, he is the most chill, easygoing, you know, person there is. And I am just over the top ambitious. And, you know, I've told him, I said, we shouldn't look at each other and compare because we're each on our own path. And who knows, he might've had his last incarnation was like accomplishing some major stuff, you know, and he's like, whoo, I need to chill a little bit and, you know, enjoy the present moment, enjoy this earth, you know? And so you just never know, you know, you just never know. Yeah. So how do the nodes impact people? 
Oh, that's also a good question. I, I, I love exploring this topic. So when we're talking about the nodes, we're talking about the essentially the point in which the sun and moon cross. And it's not an actual planet in the sense of your chart, but rather two key important elements or parts of the chart. Now, when we're looking at the south node, what we're looking at is things that I believe we've come into this lifetime that we've already sort of mastered. So we've mastered them. So now they're kind of our comfort level. They're kind of that cushy, warm, nice place we like to hang out because it's familiar. And the north node is in opposition because it's going to be opposite in the chart. So we can look at it as the universe saying, oh, I know it's really super comfy over here and you like it and it's familiar, but let's work on coming over here. And so the north node is where we want to move towards. We want to um, evolve in our journey in life. And this isn't a quick fix. It's not something that snaps on, snaps off. It's a journey. It's, it's you know, it takes time to embody that. Um, for example, using my chart as an example, I have my south node in Aquarius, which tends to be, you know, it can want to, it can be more of the scientific mind and expression where my north node is in Leo. And in my life, confidence has been a big journey for me. I've gone from wanting to just be be hidden and comfortable in my logic and factual, no risk taking, you know, and I'm learning to embody my heart because Leo rules the heart. And so I'm learning to embody my heart. I'm learning to step out. Leo has a lot to do with wanting to be seen. They're performers, they're actors, they're, you know, they're here to be noticed. And that has been, you know, being on this podcast, this whole experience has definitely taken some time for you know, for me to embody, you know, I'm in my 40s though. And so it's been a journey of evolving and resting into. So I'm not going to say the North Node ever feels really completely comfortable, um, but yet that's part of it is it's somewhere we're learning, we're growing, and we're evolving into. I think it's a good way to for people who, who are asking, you know, what am I supposed to do with my life? Yes. Look at that North Node. Absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely look at wherever the North Node is and look at it as an area that you're meant to um, step into. You know, for example, if you have Gemini in your North Node, maybe it's comfortable for you to hold your tongue and you don't really speak out or you, you know, are not sure if you're really heard. And Gemini, it rules, you know, uh, it's ruled by Mercury and it's associated with the third house. It wants to communicate. It wants to speak out. It's often a open and playful, curious mind as well. So you can also look at it as maybe, you know, you tend to gravitate more towards a fixed way of thinking and Gemini wants you to open your mind and explore different possibilities and options. And that being something that you can share in what you're doing in your career or what it makes you feel a sense of fulfillment in your purpose. So absolutely. Yeah. 
So what if there's somebody listening today and they're thinking, oh, this is so interesting. I want to build a relationship with the moon. Do you have any suggestions on how they do that? Oh, my first, my first thought would be meditation. Honestly, um, I'm a big fan of meditation. Um, if that doesn't feel good to you, I would say, cause when we're looking at the moon, we're looking at that feminine. So we're looking at the, you know, if we look at the yang and the masculine, it's action, it's, it's, it's going out, it's, it's ambition, it's things like that, where the moon asks for self-reflection. It asks for slowing down. It asks for presence. It asks for nurturing. You know, and that's the thing. Sometimes for those who are new to meditation or the idea of slowing down, sometimes that can be difficult because sometimes we don't want to face those shadow sides or those traumas or things that we're trying to get in the yang expression and busy our life through distraction. So it can be hard to slow down, but I say do it. Take a moment to do it, whether it's meditation, you can try journaling, just go sit outside, lay in the grass. You know, we don't do these things as I feel like as much as we should. Embodying the moment clearing your schedule because you want to essentially allow that space for the moon, your intuition to speak to you and to talk to you about what it wants to know, what it wants you to see and notice. And so when we give this pause, the moon wants us to heal and the, wants to grow through self-reflection. So if you're wanting to embody that sense of yourself, the best thing you can do is start to pause, to slow down. Another example would be find little ways. One thing for me is I started to, when I drove my car, whenever I came to a stoplight or into traffic, instead of being frustrated and feeling like, oh, I'm being held back on what I need to do, I took breaths and just brought myself into my body. The more you can do these things, the more you'll find opportunities will show up to do them. So if you can't start off with, you know, a more, you know, uh, meditative, structured um, sense of it, do what you can. Find a way to pause while you're brushing your teeth, while you're in the car. Invite that feminine expression to come in and she'll keep talking to you. Awesome. Thanks. So how do people get in touch with you? Awesome. Yeah. So um, they can find me on my website is my name, CassandraDeanne.com, and that's D-E-A-N-N. And definitely they could check out my podcast. I'd say that's a great way to start. You know, if uh, what you hear resonates with me, you can definitely take it a step further. And I do readings with human design, which is very much intertwined with astrology. And so they kind of go hand in hand together. But yeah, I'd say check out my website, check out my podcast, things I talk about with Cassandra Deanne. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media. 
or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.